I'm not gonna lie, I did not grow up as a huge Led Zeppelin fan, but I've been listening to Led Zeppelin all weekend, and I must say, this band is really good. Like, someone should make a pinball machine based on Led Zeppelin, and we're about to get it from Steve Ritchie and Stern Pinball. And you know, I don't really like Iron Maiden, and when I listened to the Iron Maiden catalog, it reinforced why I don't really love Iron Maiden, but Zeppelin, man, I think they're way better than Iron Maiden, but it's all subjective, but I'm here to tell you right now, what is not subjective is what I'm about to say. Stern's Led Zeppelin Pinball Machine, the Ellie version of the game, is sold out. I called around to all the major distributors and they told me their allotment for the next Stern Ellie, which is Led Zeppelin, is all spoken for. So I think what we're about to see tomorrow when we see the game, it doesn't matter, right? From a sales perspective, this thing is gone. It makes total sense when you think about how extremely popular this band is. And if you only make 500 of a limited edition version of a game, how quickly those will go. I mean, we saw Guns N' Roses sell 500 $12,500 machines in one hour. Now, a question I have is, Stern saw that happen. They saw how many GNRs sold and at what price. So, the question I'm curious about, does Stern make more than 500 Led Zeppelins? Because clearly, the demand is well past that number. Or will they keep it small? and keep this game somewhat sought after for a very long time. We'll see where that goes, because if you remember, Star Wars had 800 LEs, and that was a Steve Ritchie pin. So they might be bumping this up knowing that it's such an amazing, amazing theme. Now, if they make 800 Led Zeppelins, will that sell out immediately on day one? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think the next thing we need to see is what's the game like? It's a really interesting phenomenon in which these games and these titles, when they're so popular, they will sell out before anyone even sees it. They will sell out before anyone even plays it, right? And there's not many themes that will do that for people, but they are themes like Ghostbusters, like Led Zeppelin, like Guns N' Roses, like Back to the Future, like Harry Potter like the matrix would do that and that's why theme matters so much you know it's incredible that stern can sell hundreds of machines and no one's even seen it and other companies out there will show you their product will open their order banks and they're struggling even to sell a couple hundred right we'll talk a little bit about raza and where the numbers are at we're not sure where the numbers are at but here's my final thought before we get to see this game revealed to the world Will this be Steve Ritchie's redemption or will this be Steve Ritchie's retirement moment? And I think people are going to look at this title and they're going to want to see Steve Ritchie knock it out of the park. I mean, I'm rooting for him to knock it out of the park. I know you're rooting for him to knock it out of the park. If you're called the king, a king needs to rule over the land. And right now, there are a lot of incredible new designers in Keith Elwin, Scott Denisi, Eric Minier. To be the king and to remain the king into old age, you have to, every once in a while, pick up that sword, get on that horse, and lead people to the promised land. So will Steve Ritchie do it with Led Zeppelin? Star Wars was a miss. Game of Thrones was a miss. He hasn't had a hit recently. So I think a lot of people are hoping that this becomes the game that Steve Ritchie reclaims 
his throne because other people are occupying that throne right now, if you were to ask me. But it's going to be a sales success regardless of what the game is because of theme alone this game will sell very, very well. So we look forward to seeing it tomorrow. I think what's really fun about this is we're really gonna have a great comparison and contrasting Led Zeppelin by Stern Pinball versus Guns N' Roses with Jersey Jack Pinball. These two titles, like it or not, if you remove the subjectivity of the music itself, they're both the juggernaut acts. They both have incredible music. It's then gonna come down to which company is giving you the most bang for the buck, which company is incorporating the theme and the license the best into the game. It's gonna be really, really hard for Stern Pinball to do something better than Guns N' Roses. I think everybody feels that way. And I'm glad that Jersey Jack Pinball raised the bar to the level by which they raised it because this is good for us as pinball buyers for a company to elevate and bring it to the next level. Now, will this game be able to compete with Guns N' Roses and will it bring something original and new to the table? Because Guns N' Roses brought a lot of new stuff to the table and just the concept of putting a rock concert inside a box, like what will Led Zeppelin be? What approach will they take? What will be the storyline or the purpose of the game? How many songs will they have inside the machine? Will they be full tracks like Guns N' Roses or will they be just cut-ups of tracks? They're probably not going to get 21 songs like GNR had. Who will do the art in the game? That's the other thing I'm really curious about because in the past, I've always felt like Steve Ritchie doesn't really embrace artwork. And artwork is never really something that matters a lot to his games. And we have to look no further than the art package in Star Wars, the art package on Game of Thrones, one of the worst art packages, I think, in the history of pinball. You know, we have Black Knight's art package. Okay, it got better. But man, this is the moment. Will Steve give us everything? He's got a killer theme. Will there be a killer art package? We know the game's going to have flow. That's what he's great at. Will there be toys in it? I heard there's going to be a blimp bash toy. Does that make sense? Why would you bash a blimp? <laughs> you know, I get ringing the bell in ACDC, but bashing a blimp doesn't seem to make much sense. You know, it's like, it's funny when people would say like, there's no bash toy in Guns N' Roses, but I'm like, well, you're going to a Guns N' Roses concert, right? That's what the game is trying to do. Like, why would you be bashing something if you're at a rock concert? It wouldn't make any sense with the theme of the game, okay? All right, so all these answers will be out tomorrow. And obviously, we're going to be discussing it on Canada's Pinball Podcast, but always a great day when Stern Pinball releases a new machine and we get to witness and bear witness to the most well-oiled machine in pinball because we know when they sell this game, you're not going to have to wait months to get it. Now, if I could give Stern one piece of advice, it would be to have high-res images ready to go immediately tomorrow because here's what's going to happen. They are doing their conference call with their European distributors tomorrow, and that's where the first photos will come from. People will screen grab that presentation that Gary does. And then that's going to be the first time the world sees this game with crappy cell phone images. So Stern, please just put the game up tonight at midnight. Get it going, okay? Give people the best first impression you can of these games. All right. So speaking of game sales and games going up for sale, you know, I've already predicted Led Zeppelin sells out tomorrow immediately. If you didn't get on the list for one, you're probably already locked out. Raza pre-orders are open. Now, I don't know how many they've sold. I think 
based on the owner's thread where people were sharing what their invoice number was, that they were somewhere around 30 games sold, 25, 30. But look, I don't know that for a fact. There's no way for me to fact check that. There's no way they will reveal that to us. So there's no point in me even asking. But here is something funny that did happen. A Raza owner's thread popped up on Pinside. And so people were starting to say, hey, I ordered the game. I ordered one. I ordered two. Here's my number. And Pinside shut down the Raza owner's thread. They locked it because that thread violated their own policy that to have an owner's thread, a game has to be shipping. Now, I thought that was kind of comical that they reminded the team at Deep Root and the fans of the game that it is too soon to do a victory lap. It's too soon to take credit for having a game. You're not part of an owner's club. The only thing these people own right now is a spot in line to get the game. They don't own a game yet. And we hope they own a game. We hope they're unboxing their games in a few weeks. I don't know when the clock starts on Deep Root. They said four to six weeks is the average by which they should be held to when it comes to revealing a game and shipping a game. So that is sometime in mid to end of February. So the clock starts ticking January 1st. So we'll see what happens there. All right, what else is happening this week? It's not just one new machine this week. Alien Pinball is going to be revealed to the world by the Pinball Brothers. For some reason, it seems like the reveal is the Super Awesome Pinball Show podcast with Christopher Franchi. So definitely tune into that show on Friday. We are all going to be listening to see a few things. We know the game is Alien. We know the art package is Oryx old art package. I do think they missed a golden opportunity to improve the art package in the game. Because here's why. Here's why I think it makes no sense to carry over that art package. First and foremost, it's just not a great art package, and it's no insult to Auric. The problem with that art package is that Andrew lied to them and told them they could not use hand-drawn artwork. And we know that's a lie because we saw the Brian Allen hand-drawn artwork translate, okay? So he was not giving Auric all of the cards he had to work with. Because if Auric knew that, that they could get an illustrator to create this playfield, he's a creative director. He would have went and found someone to make this game with him and to bring it to life in the best possible way. And we see illustrated alien artwork all over the place with comic books, with t-shirts, with other things. So this was such a, a lunchbox deal when it came to the artwork on this game. And here's the other reason why I would never have carried it over. When you carry over the same exact art package that Andrew Highway made with Highway Pinball, all that does is tell me this is still Highway Pinball. This is still Highway Pinball's game. This is still Highway Pinball's art package. You are carrying over one of the most major decisions made by Highway Pinball. But then you don't want people to think you're Highway Pinball. And that is why I think this is a colossal mistake. If you wanted to put a stake in the ground and say, we are an all new company, this is an all new reimagining of Alien Pinball in which we invested so much time and energy into, the greatest way they could have visually brought that to life and said, this is a brand new game, even though it's based on an older design, is to change the artwork on it. What a great way to refresh it. 
because we've seen this art package now for over four years, four or five years. Why not, when you've spent all this time re-engineering the game, go get a more talented artist to illustrate this thing? Because now I'm worried that the cabinet artwork is simply going to be a flat version of what was already on the game itself. I mean, is it now the 40th anniversary of Alien? Remember, it was like the 35th anniversary last time the game came out? So I think that was a mistake. So we know the art package looks like it used to. We know the screen is not on the playfield anymore. We know it's a wide body game. We know they've added a magnet. We know they've changed a lot of the electronics. So really the only thing left to hear from the Pinball Brothers when they do the Super Awesome Pinball Show is how much is this game? How many models are they gonna make? Where are they making it? Who's making it? And when will games ship? Now, the one question I hope that Christopher Franchi asked them, there's one question that really, really, really needs to be asked because you can't just forget what happened. You can't just forget that all of the Pinball Brothers were Highway Pinball. I know it's convenient to completely try to forget that, but here's the one question I would ask because they were over there taking people's pre-order money when they knew the strategy was to bankrupt Highway Pinball. The question I want to know is how much money did the Pinball Brothers acquire the Highway Pinball assets? What was the dollar amount that they paid to acquire all of those Highway Pinball assets? I'm hearing some rumors that it was comically low, like comically low. And does that make sense? And is that fair to do it that way? And look, we may never get that answer, but that is the question I wanna know because I just feel like this was all part of the plan and again, if it's an all-new company and you want us to think about you as an all-new entity, why would you make your game look exactly the same as Andrew Highway's vision? I know you're changing the cabinet, but why did you make the game look pretty much exactly the same? But you had two years. You had two years to really make it look and feel as different as you could, all right? What else is going on in pinball? If you have a Rick and Morty good news, there's a code update that has two new adventures. I think it has Scary Terry and Rick Potion number nine. Now, what I really like about Rick Potion number nine, I think you only play it after you get through nine adventures. So I like that because I've said one of my criticisms of the game was there's nothing to work towards. So this is a really good move. It's a smart move. And I think for those of you who have a Rick and Morty, it's really great now that you have something to achieve and something to reach for in the game. And I've been speaking to my friends who have their Rick and Mortys. They love this new code update and they are enjoying the game. Now, you know me, you know me, I sold mine. I think I got out when the going was good. I got $11,000 for my Rick and Morty, happy on that resale. Uh, the owner is happy with the game. It had the butter cabinet, so I didn't make a ton of profit on it, but I made a nice chunk of change. There are always a lot of Rick and Mortys up for sale, and I think one of the reasons that is is two things. I think a lot of people bought it who aren't diehard fans. I also think a lot everyone bought it without being able to play the game. And so here we are again. Everyone's going to buy Led Zeppelin without ever playing it. Everybody who bought Guns N' Roses never played it. This is the new pinball. You absolutely get no chance to play your machines before you buy them. It's kind of unfortunate. It really is why it's sad there's no shows going on right now because the shows are really where we got to do this. And even if we didn't personally get to do it, the shows were always the moments in which the manufacturers would reveal their game, 
And then all these people would jump on it. And a lot of the people who would jump on it were people we trusted and people that we believed in. So we got all of these reviews from the community and then we had a good sense of how the game shot, of whether or not it was magical, if there were great moments, if the code was good. We really got like reviews, like you got reviews from people. There are no reviews now. There is no way to know if the game is great or not. Like I look at Raza right now and I just don't know how you know if the game is good or not. I don't know if we have enough. Not enough people have played it. And that's going to hurt their ability to sell the game. Because without a licensed theme, if you have to go on gameplay alone and you have an original IP and it's this kind of climate where you can't bring the game to shows, there are no Razas at any bars in America. There are no Razas on location. How do you sell the game? Like That is why they're limiting the number and they're limiting the sales window. They're trying to create some sort of urgency, some sort of FOMO around it. But this is challenging. Like This is a really hard marketplace to sell in when you're going up against Alien, against Guns N' Roses, against Led Zeppelin. I mean, a lot of these themes right now are take my money now kinds of themes. And so it's, it's going to be brutal. If your product doesn't emotionally grab people or do something really special or unique, how do you get people to go in on it? So we don't know how this story ends. We're going to see. But I know this. Led Zeppelin is sold out. They didn't even show you the game yet. It's sold out. You can't get one. Good luck. Go call your distributor right now after listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. And they're going to tell you what I told you right now. Can't help you. Can't help you. I'll put you on the wait list. But we think it's sold out. I want to end episode 540 by just saying thank you to everyone for tuning into Canada's Pinball Podcast. You know, I've been listening to all the other podcasts that have been out there. And for some reason, you know, there's a lot of looking back on where we've come from, how podcasters were competitive, how people were saying this and saying that. A lot of stuff has happened, but I want to say, isn't it all just in the past by now? Haven't we all moved on and now we're at a point now where there are so many pinball companies, there are so many new people getting into pinball, there are so many options out there, not just from a media standpoint, from a game standpoint, from a manufacturing standpoint. And I do implore everybody out there to just let's have fun. I know, I know it sounds like people still want to hold me accountable from shows of the past, but let's have fun, let's enjoy what's going on in this hobby, and let's critique the games. That is why you listen to a pinball podcast, to critique the actual pinball games, to critique the accessories, and critique the companies that are making these things. I don't care, I'm so tired of hearing about people critiquing the people making the content about pinball. Like, stop, we all, can we just stop? Can we just say, as of today, we're all gonna stop pretending as if the people who talk about pinball are interesting. We're not. It's the games that are interesting. It's these companies that are interesting. It's these designers that are interesting, okay? Everybody, episode 540, we are gonna be back on the airwaves tomorrow giving our opinions about Led Zeppelin pinball. We will obviously be on the airwaves giving our opinions about Alien pinball as well. I wanna let you know too that I interviewed this incredible man who made Sonic Spinball Pinball. I am going to air that interview next week. I told him I didn't want to air it now because all of the news is going to be around these new titles. But Ryan McQuaid, he made Sonic Pinball. Are you sitting down? He made this incredible game in less than a year. And we talked to him about how he did that. We talked to him about 
J-pop and what it's like seeing someone take seven years without getting a game out. And we go through the Deep Root homebrew offering. And I wanted to ask him, a guy who's made a homebrew game, if that's enticing for him to be a part of. So it's a really great interview. It'll air next week. Ryan, thank you for joining the show. Anything else going on? Is it Twippy season yet? Yeah, it's coming up in January. Now, don't forget, if you voted in the drop down stuff, that's not your final vote. You have to vote again in January, okay? Just don't forget that because sometimes people get confused. It's not confusing, but people get confused. Everybody, have a great day. I can't wait to see Steve Ritchie's new game tomorrow. Later.